1: Hello, and welcome to Lang the Points, brought to you by MyBookie and the FFPC. My name is Matt Lamarca. You can find me on Twitter, at Matt Lamarca. And I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Kyle Dvorak, who you can find on Twitter, at Kyle Tweets here. Kyle, what's going on, man?
2: Not much. I had another good week last week. Went four and one. Unfortunately, or I mean, fortunately, of course, I'm excited for you. But you went three one and one, so it was hard to gain much ground. But uh, I mean, both of us come into the end of the season hot, which like I've I've pounded the table for in the past few weeks. Despite me, of course, wanting to beat you, and we are now tied with 42 correct bets. Uh, you still you've had two bets more than me. Push. I'm still I'm just through the roof that we both had such tremendous seasons. So uh, really, at the end of the day, putting out the best bets we can do—it's it's, that's the goal, and I think we've achieved that goal. So here we are, oh, yeah. week 17, some weird games.
1: Absolutely, definitely, uh, I'm proud of what we've done. I think we've had a good regular season, but this isn't a situation like uh, you know the the Baltimore Ravens here. We're not we're not resting for week 17. You know what I'm saying? There's more money to be made out there, so uh, let's let's keep the keep the grind strong and like you said, definitely a weird week of games. There's going to be a lot of, you know, ref situations, motivation situations. Like it's, it's a weird week, but at the same time, I do think it's a week where if you're paying attention, you can uh, get a little
2: bit of an edge. Yeah. The information edge is stronger than ever this week, as opposed to like, I think there are a lot of people just like sharp, like, like analytical and modeling skills, just like being on the grind harder this week than anyone else is probably one of the biggest edges you can have on week 17 more so than any other week, like maybe down to like season or something. Agreed.
1: All right. Before we get into the picks this week, I want to talk to you guys about the FFPC. Uh, our friends at the FFPC want to remind you that fantasy season is not over. They have the longest running and most unique playoff contest in the fantasy football universe, the FFPC Playoff Challenge. It's $200 to enter, and this year the grand prize is up to half a million dollars, and the prize pool is over $1.1 million. It's a really cool contest. I've done it in the past, and I'm excited to do it again. Uh, Essentially how it works is you have no salary cap, and there's no draft to worry about. You simply choose 10 players to make your team's roster. The big catch is you are only allowed to use one player from each NFL team. That means if you choose Tom Brady as your quarterback, you're not allowed to roster any other Patriots on your team. This will be your roster for the duration of the entire playoffs, including the Super Bowl. There will not be any changes, substitutions, or free agent pickups once rosters are locked. So as NFL teams get knocked out of the playoffs, so too will your playoffs. You need to choose your team wisely, and you obviously want to maximize how how many rounds you can get out of your entire roster. Uh, this contest will sell out, as it does every year. Registrations will close on Wild Card Saturday. That's January 4th at 4.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Don't wait. Go to myffpc.com and get your team now. That's myffpc.com. All right. Sunday, 1 o'clock games. We have no Thursday night football this week, no Saturday night football, and no Monday night football. So it is just Sunday. Everything will play out on one day, which should make for a good day of football. Let's start with the Cleveland Browns at the Cincinnati Bengals. The Browns are favored by two and a half points on the road. Total on this game is 43 and a half. Uh, Kyle, what are your thoughts here?
2: So I think this is funny. Has there ever been a game where what the Bengals entered one and thirteen? I think last week fourteen. No, one in, were they one and fourteen entering last week, or do they have two wins? Did they only have no, one. No, they're
1: win? they're a one win team. Yeah, so they're now. So has there and ever 14. been a game
2: where a one and fourteen 1-14 team went gave up what 38 points and it might have saved their head coach a job like the, the press coming out <laughs> of the Bengals loss was so incredibly positive and I get it they put up a, an incredible second half and fourth quarter but like it was against Miami I mean like that is it is just the funniest situation that, that like the, the amount of positive spin that got might have saved Zach Taylor's job and they're 1-14 and like not the one like the worst team in the NFL clearly by their record but like it it's so glaringly obvious I think here, uh, like I get it, they're at home, but uh, Cleveland, although don't have anything to play for, they do have Nick Chubb still going for the rushing crown. He's I think 90 yards in the lead. I think we're going to get like a full, a full game of probably both these teams, but I think like, A full game of the Bengals is still a full game with mostly backups, whereas Cleveland, like, 15th in yards per play. They just haven't scored as many points possibly because of turnovers, but I don't think that's as big of an issue against Cincy, one of the worst defenses in the league. Cincy, on the other hand, 28th in yards per play and, uh, accordingly, 32nd in points per game. I just think this is a a not very favorable spread for the Browns playing literally the worst team in football. And, like, one game away, like, if they don't (laughs) the Jets, of course, if they don't beat the Jets, you know, one of the three worst seasons in the history of the NFL. So I think this is a pretty small spread for a Cleveland team that is just massively better than the Bengals.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure I agree. I Like, I, I don't see massively better given what the Browns have done this year. Like, yes, in terms of pure talent, they are probably massively better than Cincinnati, but they haven't lived up to that talent for the duration of the year. So I don't see massively better. I see better, but I don't see massively better. And I do think that Cincinnati is in an interesting spot here where they now have the number one pick locked in, right? Like, they can't mess this up. The worst that they can do is win this game, and they still pick number one. So they have no incentive to not play their best game here. Meanwhile, I don't see any reason for Cleveland to, to try at all. Um, You know, they they had a chance – uh, last week they were playing, you know, against Baltimore. That was like, you know, their quote unquote Super Bowl, right? They, they had no reason not to, uh, to give their best effort in that game and they got walloped. You know, they lost by 16 points on the road. So, uh, Freddie Kitchens is clearly a lame duck at this point. Like there's going to be massive changes to this team in the offseason, I would imagine. I just think that this is like we're, Cleveland hasn't shown it to me all year, and I doubt that we see it all of a sudden in Week 17 with nothing to play for. So I wish I was getting a full field goal, and I'll probably wait to see if that happens. But I do think that the Bengals are the side that I prefer here.
2: Yeah, I saw this quote from Kitchens that was like, we're not scheming. We're, like, we're not drawing up plays uh, to target our opponents. We're just drawing up our best plays. Like That is the most... like. Uh, why did we have any level of excitement for them? Like he is just clearly the the like not he's out of his league by, by leaps and bounds and it's so sad. I'll still take Cleveland here and I think I'll have him in my five. But like that's the only thing: I think the Bengals are terrible. I don't don't get it twisted. The Browns also suck.
1: Yeah. And I will say the 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 public unsurprisingly is with you on this game. Eighty percent of the bets so far coming in on Cleveland. So uh the sharp bunny so far appears to be on the Bengals. They are getting 43% of the money compared to just 20% of the bets. So that's a pretty large uh, disparity. But again, it's early in the week and that kind of stuff could change. All right, next game, we have the Chicago Bears at the Minnesota Vikings. The Vikings are favored by a point and a half, and the total on this game is just 37 points. Uh, The big news here is I don't believe Kirk Cousins is going to play in this game. Um, the, the Vikings are locked into the six seed. They have nothing to gain, nothing to lose. So I would imagine that they're going to be pretty conservative with most of their starters. Uh, with that in mind, I like Chicago quite a bit. I think, I don't know why they're getting points against the team playing their backups. Like Chicago is, is not, has not been a good year for them. Right. But you, I have no interest in, in in taking a team, Laying points against them with a backup quarterback. So for me, this is this is Chicago.
2: Yeah, this is something I'm going to bring up later in the show as well. But just like uh, like the discrepancy between the like a full slate or a near full slate of NFL starters versus backups, regardless of how good these teams are. Is, is I think more massive than people realize. And I completely agree with you. Uh, I don't think there's been any announcement officially on whether Vikings are going to play their starters, but like I would bet anything that we don't see Madison and cook who were both uh, unable to play last week. I would think it is unlikely that cousins plays. And if they're not playing him, they don't really have any incentive to play a guy like Adam Thielen who was banged up all year and hasn't gotten it going since coming back. And like obviously not don't play Diggs either. So it just seems like it's going to be a cascade of them not playing their starters. And yeah, uh, I'm going to take a team playing a full slate of starters and a team in the bears. They're fine. They're not like we talked about the Bengals. They're not very good, but they're definitely in my opinion would be better than a full slate of backups or near a full slate of backups from the Minnesota Vikings, especially in their offense, which is most of what I care about. So I'll take the the Chicago defense, picking on a full slate of backups in the Vikings, especially given the points. I think that's just, I would think we'll get a lot of money on this game as uh, assuming that the Vikings at some point do announce that they're playing their backups.
1: Yeah. And maybe, maybe with that in mind, the under is the way to go. Cause we know that, that the bears have struggled offensively all year. And if the Vikings are playing, you know, just, just limited offensive snaps with their starters or no offensive snaps, they will probably struggle to score points as well. So maybe the under has some appeal as well. All right. Next game, Atlanta Falcons at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Bucks are favored by one point. 42 is the total. Uh, both of these teams. Nothing to play for here. So I think that this should just be handicapped, you know, sort of like a regular game. So uh, what are your thoughts here, Kyle?
2: Yeah, I don't think there's been any announcements as to whether any of the Falcons or Bucks will be sitting. So uh, yeah, I'm gonna candy have it like it's a regular game. I don't have any strong opinions. The Falcons have been like complete hot fire out of the bye, five and two with massive wins in New Orleans and in San Francisco, and I, I and this doesn't like awfully surprise me given that that's sort of what we thought, especially with the way they won. Is a lot of offensive firepower. It's kind of what we thought we would see throughout the season. It just hasn't happened until uh, a point where it didn't really matter. Whereas the Bucks are like trending downwards. Didn't look good against Houston. Their offense like it's it's. I think it's going to be difficult for them to put up a ton of points, even on this Falcons defense, which is really the only way they've won. I think they can still get points under Jameis, but like, without without their top three receiving options, I'll, I'll take the Falcons here with the points, but I don't feel as strong. I think I have like some better edges like in the Chicago game.
1: Yeah, I mean, really the only thing I'm looking at in this game is if Jameis Winston can complete the unprecedented 30-30 season for the quarterback.
2: The 30 for 30, he's he's like within, uh, he was pretty reasonably can get to the third all time in passing yards too. He's at like 4,900, I think. And uh, like number three would be like 5,250 or somewhere in the 5,200s. Top two is pretty much out of the question, but like he can set some records. So maybe that's a bit of a motivation for him. Also kind of playing for his NFL career at some point, because I think the Bucks have the, op- the option to re-sign him or not. I don't know what his future holds, but maybe that's a motivation for him. I still take the Falcons. But actually, Jameis Winston with more motivation should be terrifying. Like him throwing the ball more aggressively. How, like, what? Oh, my Lord.
1: Yeah, I mean, just the most polarizing player in the league, right? Like the good things that he does are really good. And the bad things that he does are really bad. He seems to not have learned anything about protecting the football no matter who's his coach who's his quarterback how long he's he's been in the league like he's just the same gunslinger and uh the league is better off with him in it so uh, the, the rumors are that Tampa Bay wants to bring him back I hope that happens because football is just undoubtedly better with James Winston in it I feel that way um I agree that the Falcons are the correct play here we've seen this line has kind of uh dropped in a lot of places. I'm showing uh Pick'em most at most places now. Uh my bookie has them uh the Falcons getting a point. So if you like the Falcons you should probably laugh them in now. But yeah, I mean they, they've just been playing so much better. This is kind of the team we thought we were gonna get, right? And uh they've been peppering Julio Jones with targets recently. I don't see how Tampa Bay can slow him down at all. Uh Devonta Freeman has looked better recently like this is kind of a team we expected to see. So uh, I don't think Atlanta will have trouble taking care of Tampa Bay. Uh This is an outside game for them, which they haven't had very many of this year. So maybe that's a factor. But, yeah, Tampa Bay is is not a good team. And uh hopefully Atlanta can just get the two picks that we need for the 30-30 because that really is hallowed ground. Like, I don't know. We may never see another 30-30 quarterback. All right. New Orleans Saints favored by 13 points on the road against the Carolina Panthers. The Panthers have just been a nightmare recently. Uh, we lost, we were both on Carolina last week. That was the only loss for each of us. They basically allowed like three punt return touchdowns to Naeem Hines. Uh, and we were dead in the water with that bet. New Orleans has a chance at the number one seed. They could also fall as far as the three seed, I believe. So they need a win here. Are you confident that they can get the win on the road and cover the number?
2: yeah i just struggle to ever bet a team given 13 points as a uh, on the road and yeah they they are both motivated and a wildly better team than the panthers uh the panthers if anything are less motivated obviously because they have nothing to play for whereas the saints like you said uh basically a win and i think they need like the packers to lose or something of that nature uh they can get the two seed then they might even be able to get the one seed but regardless uh The, the important thing is they are playing for a first round bye, which is a massive, massive edge in the playoffs. So I think we get like a full, a full on game of the Saints. We're close to it. They'll, they'll have covered the spread if they're sitting their starters. But, um, yeah, I just, I struggle to bet a team, even if they're massively better than the Panthers, even like, man, Will Greer was so bad. He dunked on me so hard. Uh, I was like, yeah, he's pretty good in college. You know, Kyle Allen sucks. How much worse could he be? I don't know if he was that much worse, but man, he's terrible. So I, I think. I I'd pick the Saints thirteen here, but I'm definitely not betting it.
1: Yeah, I, I actually might take the Saints laying the thirteen. I typically think that like playoff motivation and motivation in general is over uh handicapped by the public. Like we'll talk about some games later with teams that are in, you know, quote unquote must win situations. And I think that uh teams like general uh people like just overvalue like how, what I'm trying to say is, let me, let me take this again. What I'm trying to say is, if a team could play better, why wouldn't they just play
2: that way all the time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Titans didn't really care about the first 15 games. Now they're like, oh, two, we got to do it together. I don't know. We're supposed to try the whole season. They've cared the whole season. Right, exactly.
1: So, But the lines are definitely inflated for that reason. Yeah, so yeah. if anything, there's, there's merit in fading those teams. But Carolina has just been a disaster. Like, they have been so bad recently that I want nothing to do with them against a team I really think New Orleans might be the best team in football. So, uh they can get the one seed. They would need San Francisco to lose. They would need Green Bay to lose. But if both of those teams lose, they would move up to one. Uh With a win, they could get the, the two seed as well pretty easily. So, the worst that they could do is the three seed. They don't have a ton to play for, but I do think that you know, the, the chance of moving up to the one or the two seed is enough that they will, uh, you know, have their starters out there, at least for the majority of the game. So, uh, against the Carolina team that is just completely mailed it in, I, I like New Orleans quite a bit here. Yeah. All right. Let's go New York Jets at the Buffalo Bills. Bills favored by a point and a half. Total on this game is 36 and a half. Uh, Kyle, you've got a note here that the Bulls are, or the Bulls are unlikely to, get a full game out of their starters. I think that that's probably the case. So they're locked into the 5 seed. They can't move up. They can't move down. Uh, what are your thoughts? Is, is that pushing you towards the Jets?
2: Yeah, that's pushing me towards the Jets. I don't know if they'll be in my five, but I would take the Jets here. I do think it is different than the Vikings in that I don't know if we see any snaps from guys like Cousins, uh obviously like Dalvin Cook now and Alexander Madison, like I talked about. Uh Sean McDermott said that they will play their starters, but there's also a chance that we see uh like Matt Barkley and other backups. So the fact that he already acknowledges that there's a chance that we see them makes me think there is almost a like a near certainty that we do not get a full slate of games. Uh, or a full slate uh, of, like, Josh Allen and company. So if you get a half of, of awful football is, is still I'd take the Jets versus a half of backups for the Bills. But I'm not nearly as confident with, like, Chicago, where I don't think we're going to see much of the Vikings. So i take the Jets here, but it's only, like, half of the edge that I think I have in the Chicago one. Uh, not not a strong lean on this one.
1: I like the Jets, I think, a little bit more than you do. I uh, I've been on the bandwagon that the Jets are actually not that bad. Um, I had them last week against Pittsburgh. You kind of know this. The, like the the good thing about the Jets is, I feel like the situations where you want to take them and where you want to fade them have been kind of like relatively easy. Like as a yeah, favorite, yeah. You were on them
2: in Pittsburgh. You faded them versus the Bengals. You called like you called it perfectly too. Like, oh, it's the ultimate the ultimate spot that they would blow, and indeed they did. So you've been you've been fire with the Jets.
1: Yeah, and I think that this is another pretty good spot for them. Like. I do think that their offense probably struggles against Buffalo's defense, but the Jets defense showed that they are okay. Like they held, uh, the, the Duck Hodges and Jane, and, uh, the other
2: guy,
1: Mason, Mason combo. They, they crushed
2: Duck. They made him look
1: bad. So, you know, Matt Barkley, if I get a half even against him, that doesn't scare me. Uh, the fact that I'm getting a point and a half and that the public is, is all over the Bills. Sign me up for the Jets once again this week. All right, we've got the Miami Dolphins at the New England Patriots. Patriots are favored by 16 points. Total on this game is 45. Uh, everybody was ready to bury the Patriots, us included, I think. Uh, I still have my concerns with them, but they were able to get the win and cover against Buffalo last week. So what are your thoughts here against Miami? Do they you know beat them down as they get ready for the playoff or maybe do they not give them their best effort what are your thoughts here Kyle
2: yeah I actually like I, I like the way Miami's been playing I don't know if I like the way they'll play against New England but man they have been a different team in the second half they were like 0 four be the spread and now I think they've got like eight wins against the spread uh, I called them right last week although I mean I guess like Cincinnati, the probability of that comeback was so, so small, but they did make an incredible comeback. Miami still gets the dub, but like I, they've been playing some pretty solid football, especially in the offensive side of the ball. The one thing is that's what the Patriots do well. If they take away your offense and they really, in my opinion, have one player to take away and it's Devontae Parker. And I'm not a big cornerback matchup guy, but like if there were a cornerback matchup to care for, it would probably be uh the Patriots defense fund Gilmore against Parker. So I, I I can't, I can't in good conscience bet uh, a 16 point favorite in the NFL, but if you made me pick, I'd probably take New England.
1: Yeah. And one thing to keep in mind as well, Patriots are 14 and three against the spread in week 17 since 2001. So they are a team that typically gets things done in week 17 with the playoffs on the horizon. Like I don't think that we get a look ahead type performance from the Patriots. If the Patriots don't cover this number, I think it's just because they are not as good as they have been in the past. Like, I don't think that this is a spot where we're going to catch them sleeping or anything. So, uh I'm with you. I'll take the Patriots. I I'm not betting them. Like if I was forced to pick a big favorite, I would much rather take the Saints because I think that uh the Panthers, even though the Dolphins are probably a worse team than the Panthers, they're still fighting, you know? They um they they clearly want to win some of these games while the Panthers have absolutely no interest in playing football anymore. So I'll take the Patriots, but not a pick that is going to be uh, in my five-pack. All right, another big favorite. You've got the Green Bay Packers, minus 12.5 on the road against Detroit. The total here is 43.5 points. Uh, if the Packers win their game, they can be no worse than the two-seed. Uh, they can move up to the one-seed if San Francisco also loses. And if they lose, they can drop down to the three seed. So uh, what are your thoughts here? Do they just get the job done
2: against the Detroit Lions? Yeah, I think it's been a bit underrated just how awful the Lions have been under David Blau. I think he's only played four games with them. But in those games, they have averaged, I believe it's like 15.3 points and 277 yards uh, of total offense both of those would be across the entire season, 32nd. Like, their offense is just completely incapable, and it's not like they have some stalwart defense they can rely on. Um, I don't like this because I've been picking a ton of massive favorites, uh, but I do just struggle to see any of these awful teams playing some of the better teams in the NFL to cover these large spreads. With that being said, another one that uh, in good conscience not betting the massive favorites, but uh, like Aaron Rodgers in a game that matters a lot versus maybe the worst team in the NFL based on a, a small sample of the most recent games I'll probably just take Rodgers. I'm with you.
1: I, I again, I, I feel the same way. You know, we keep kind of looking at these teams that are laying big numbers and we're picking them, but I think that they're the correct size. And I don't think these necessarily fall into those, you know, motivation tracks that we were talking about before, because these actually are good teams that we're looking at and they are playing really bad teams. You know, like Detroit is so banged up. Blau is just not a not an NFL quarterback um, maybe it's a letdown spot for the Packers you know coming off of that huge win against the Vikings but I I just struggle to see a situation where Detroit can hang in this game so uh, you know I, I probably wouldn't parlay like all of those big favorites together I get that that's a tempting option maybe one of them you know, lays an egg, but I do think that more of them are going to get the job done than not. So, yeah, I'm with you on the backers. All right, last 1 p.m. game. We've got the Los Angeles Chargers headed to Kansas City to take on the Chiefs, and the Chiefs are favored by nine points. So Kansas City, I believe, is locked into the three seed, right? Is, no, they could,
2: they could, if, I mean, this is the largest, uh, I think by the spread it literally is the largest if of the slate. If Miami somehow beat New England, Kansas City holds the tiebreaker, Kansas City would get the number two spot. That is the, just the most hilarious if, though. Uh, although, wasn't it last season, uh, Miami, the miracle in Miami, where they beat New England, It was that week 17? So I'm crazier things have happened, I guess, but based on the spread, crazy things just don't happen that often. Gotcha.
1: Okay, so then so then we we probably will see the
2: starters for... Uh, yeah, we're 100% seeing the starters at least for a half, and I would imagine depending on how the New England game goes, probably for a whole game, if not uh, for at least three quarters.
1: Okay, so what are you... Uh, uh, how are you approaching this contest
2: then? Um, I, I don't have a major lean on this one, because I think some of the edges in the other ones are better. I would tend to say I'll, another massive favorite. I feel so, so fishy just taking all these big favorites. Uh, but like the Chargers are just an absolute wreck. Uh, Kansas City with motivation with the best quarterback or maybe the second best quarterback in the NFL at home in one of the harder places to travel to. I'll take Kansas City. Uh, I don't know. I don't like betting all these favorites. Kansas City is a significantly better team. The Chargers have nothing to play for and they've played like that in recent weeks.
1: Yeah, I think this is one where I will side with the underdog. Um, I don't think that the Chargers are as bad as some of these other teams we've talked about, Uh and th- and that is reflected in the line. Like the Chiefs are only laying nine at home compared to you know the Packers laying twelve and a half on the road. But the the big difference here to me is that while Kansas City starts the game with something to play for, they may not finish it. Like if mm-hmm. the if the Patriots get out to a huge lead against the Dolphins. I bet Andy Reid would be tempted to just pull his starters because they're going to, you know, they're going to finish three. I, there is a scenario where they could fall to four, but uh, I, I think that there's enough here that the chargers make, make some sense getting, you know, nearly 10 points. Um, again, like the public betting numbers are going to be very, very heavily skewed towards the favorite. In this case, the chiefs are getting roughly 90% of the best right now. <laughs> So if you are interested in fading the public, I think this might be the spot where I'm most comfortable doing it with one of these, you know, big favorite teams.
2: Yeah, I would definitely agree. This is my least favorite of the big favorites. And, you know, the more you talk about it, it, kind of does swing me. And the, the Chiefs have dealt with injuries across their entire offense this season. Mahomes, obviously, but Tyreek Hill as well. Damian Williams. Oh, Sean McCoy hasn't been injured as far as I know, but they seem to think he needs to play, like, Every third game, so apparently he needs rest <laughs> as well. Um, yeah, it just seems like across their across their offensive skill positions, I think Sammy Watkins has also cropped up on the injury report a few times. I don't know if he's missed games, but uh, across their offense, they have had like so many injuries, and it would make I mean, in my mind, it would really make no sense not to if you see that New England is going to win, not to pull them by halftime as a, the third quarter or whatever. So yeah, and the Chargers are like you said, significantly, significantly better than Detroit, than uh, Carolina, than Miami. They are a fine middle of the pack to below average team. They are not one of the worst teams in the league. So if you're betting any of the underdogs of these games, by far it's the Chargers. And I think you've convinced me to at least saying the Chargers are probably the sharper side of this bet. All
1: right, let's uh, let's talk about MyBookie. Are you the type of fan that knows football so well that you could choose any game and call it? If so, MyBookie is the place for you because they let you turn all your sports knowledge into cash in your wallet. Between football season, NBA season, college bowl season, uh, you know, we've got those big semi-final bowl games coming up. It's time for you to get off the sideline and get in on the action with MyBookie. If you're the kind of guy who likes to bet a little to win a lot, try a parlay. For example, if you like a couple of the big favorites this week, and there are certainly plenty to choose from, parlays are perfect because they let you bet multiple games together for a much bigger payout. So if you are going to bet this season, do the smart thing and go to MyBookie.ag because no one gives you more ways to win. If you join right now, my, de- my bookie will match your deposit halfway all the way up to $1,000. That means if you deposit $2,000, you get an extra $1,000 in free money to play with. Just use promo code RotoViz to activate the offer. Once again, promo code RotoViz to take advantage of my bookie's generous sign up offer. Visit mybookie.ag today. My bookie, you play, you win, and you get paid. All right. Sunday afternoon this is when we start getting some games with some real playoff implications here and we have more games than usual because they didn't want to give any of these teams like a scheduling advantage where they got to know what was going to happen before the game started which it it was pretty smart i think like you know if for some reason uh you know like houston and tennessee played at one o'clock and tennessee won then we would get you know nothing from the the pittsburgh steelers so the NFL really, I think, is being pretty smart here and trying to, to maximize the drama. So first game up, we have the Tennessee Titans. They are favored by three and a half on the road against the Houston Texans. Forty five is the total. Uh, what are your thoughts here, Kyle? How do you uh, how do you approach this contest?
3: So I think it's funny, this line 3.5
2: Titans clearly, like am I wrong, clearly prices in the fact that it doesn't seem like the Texans are going to play their starters. They had Deshaun Watson, who was listed with like some minor injury limited in practice, and they said, are you going to play? He said, I have no clue if I'm playing or not. Another one where I think when you get that, at best, you're getting a quarter to a half. Uh, the Texans are, much like Kansas City, really unlikely to need a... uh need like any sort of win it won't matter is what I'm trying to say so if Kansas City wins at one they have uh the Texans have nothing to play for and even if Kansas City doesn't win it's just moving the Texans around and seeding it doesn't secure them a buy which is like a massive advantage it secures them like the three to four seed it splits that difference so even if it does happen I don't think we see a full slate of the Texans so the Titans three and a half at Houston clearly prices in that and with that uh, like I'm I guess I would pick the Titans because they're probably playing backups and uh, I'm not like the, the Texans receiving corps is already banged up. I can't imagine who their backups are going to be. Yeah, I'll probably just take three and a half for a team playing backups. But unlike the other lines we talked about, Chicago, and uh, I think the Jets was the other one, this is uh, already priced in. I think a lot of the edges have gone in this game.
1: Yeah, I think I'm going with the Texans here. This is one of those spots where we talked about where I do think that there is an edge in sort of fading the team that quote unquote needs the win you know, like even if Houston is, is not going to play their starters for the full game, I don't see Tennessee as being like drastically better than them. I mean, that that might not be fair to, uh, to Deshaun Watson, who's one of the best quarterbacks in the league, but like, I just don't think Tennessee is good, like a, a, of the same level as some of these other teams that, you know, are playing, uh, with big spreads against backup quarterbacks. Like, and that's why it's only three and a half. I'm sure if, if it came out and Deshaun Watson wasn't playing, this number would go up a bit. But again, like I just don't think Tennessee is particularly good. And I think that they are, uh, you know, probably being a little bit overvalued by the public right now. So, um, the betting on this game is pretty even for the time being, but if slash when the news on Watson becomes official, I'm sure everybody is going to start pounding Tennessee. So. My game plan here is to kind of wait this one out, see if this line goes up, see if the public is all over Tennessee, and then that's when I'm probably most interested in buying the Texans. As things stand out now, uh, I can't say Houston with any sort of conviction, but it is a situation that I am uh, monitoring here.
2: Yeah, I would definitely say this is one to wait. I think you could get a decent edge as, like, if a ton, if, like, the Titans line Once, let's say, the Texans announce that their starters won't play, if the Titans line moves a ton, like, I wouldn't mind, like, the motivation factor doesn't really factor in for me for the Titans perspective. So I think, yeah, maybe a decent chance to sort of buy low would be if the Texans do announce uh, that their starters won't play, it'd be a decent chance to get an edge there.
1: All right, next game, Indianapolis Colts at the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, The Colts can't make the playoffs, I believe, but they are still an important team because if they win, it opens up this very weird backdoor scenario for the Oakland Raiders to make the playoffs. So this is a game with some playoff implications, even if neither of these two teams are affected. So the Colts are favored by four points on the road. Uh, the total on this game is 42 and a half. Uh, Kyle, thoughts on this game?
2: Yeah, so I guess I'll provide a quick explanation of the the Colts situation where it's like if the Colts, Titans and uh, Oakland, I believe, all end at 8-8, eight eight, the first way to break a tie in the NFL is to go into a a division. And the tiebreaker would favor the Colts over the Titans. And then you move. So you use that to eliminate as many teams as possible. Then you move outside of that to start eliminating teams. And Oakland, for whatever reason, if it's a strength of schedule or head-to-head, I have no clue, owns the tiebreaker over the Colts. So in that specific scenario, uh, the Colts do matter for other teams. But for me, um, I'll probably – yeah, I don't know. This This is a tough game for me. Jacksonville is clearly a much worse team than the Colts. Like the Colts obviously on like riding pretty hot getting two return touchdowns, but just like cleaned house against against the Carolina Panthers last week. I do think they're a pretty decent team, despite the fact that they have no chance of making the playoffs, whereas Jacksonville, one of the worst teams in the league based on the, the second half of the season. So uh not a strong lean, but I guess I'd take the Colts here.
1: Yeah, I'm in the same boat. I'll take the Colts, but I really don't see any reason to <laughs> to pay attention to this game unless you're a fan of the Oakland Raiders. All right, next game up, Washington Redskins at the Dallas Cowboys. Cowboys are favored by 10.5 points. Total on this game sits at 45.5. And this is the first game where I'm really going to put the motivation thing to to use. I really like Washington to cover this contest.
2: Yeah, I don't even hate, like, uh, we're going to be without Dwayne Haskins. And, like, I think the motivation thing is kind of – at play in their actions because Wayne Haskins wanted to come back into the game last week after getting injured. And supposedly Dan Snyder had a hand in this and it was the medical staff said, you're not going to go back and play. Dan Snyder says there's no point in playing you and he doesn't play him this week. I don't know if we see Terry corn either, but uh, not like the biggest deal, especially because their backup case, Keenum has been fine this year. Like he hasn't thrown a crazy amount of picks. He's got like a over seven adjusted yards per attempt. He's fine. Like middling, to a little below average starter. But I don't think that justifies like a a massive line like this. I kind of uh, tend to agree with you. Washington versus the spread. Uh, man, the Cowboys really, all the talent they have, and they just continue to be one of the most inept like, franchises. I hope this loss does them in and we see an entire restructuring of their organization. And I do think the, uh, the Washington has nothing to play for and Dallas has everything to play for is going to be well overweighted in this game. So I like you taking the edge on Washington. I'll take it with you.
1: Right. Like, if the Cowboys were going to come through in a must-win game, it would have happened. Yeah, probably. right? Oh, my, that's I, that's hilarious
2: that, like, people are going to argue, like, well, the Cowboys need to win now. Like, did – ah, oh, man. Yeah, that's actually – I like that That's a good way to put it.
1: So, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely in on the Redskins. One of my favorite bets of the week, if not my favorite in general. Uh, the only thing is that the public, unsurprisingly, I guess, is kind of done with the Cowboys after last week. Uh, They're getting just 36% of the bets. I would bet that that changes as we get closer to kickoff. I think it'll be more of like a 50-50 split. But this isn't a situation where, like, the public overwhelmingly is favoring the Cowboys. So, um, you know, take that for what it's worth. I still think that the Redskins are clearly the correct side. But, uh, you know, it's not a situation where you're going to be fading the public, per se. All right, next up. Philadelphia Eagles favored by four and a half on the road against the Giants total on this game is forty five and I think I will be fading the quote unquote team that needs a win once again here with the Giants. Um, they've been frisky, you know the giants uh Daniel Jones, the guy is definitely a bit of a walking turnover, but he's also a, a walking highlight like he's got a multiple five touchdown games now as a rookie. Uh, Saquon Barkley was fantastic last week. Uh, I don't know if that's a sign of things to come or just a one week aberration for him, but regardless, like it's nice to have that dude in the backfield. So I think that the Giants have enough that they can pull the upset in this game. Uh, and unlike with the Cowboys, people are backing the Eagles here. So I, I like the Giants. I will be fading both of the NFC East teams that need a win. Um, you know, this is this is the quote-unquote Super Bowl for the Giants, just like it's the quote-unquote Super Bowl for the Redskins. They want to knock these division rivals out of the playoffs, so I think we see their best effort here. I like the G-men.
2: Yeah, I like that too, and how, oh, chef kissing his hands, Italian chef emoji, would be beautiful if both the teams at the top of the NFC East lost the cap off the, the regular season, because they <laughs> suck and they don't deserve <laughs> wins. And I do think the Giants would, like, if there was a team that Daniel Jones could possibly not turn the ball over to against, it would be against this awful Philly passing defense, like one of the bottom tier passing defenses in the league. Uh, like, it, you know, not a DFS show, but if you've been playing DFS, just target them the entire season. So I think the Giants, uh, maybe this is a decent spot for Daniel Jones. And I just think, uh, four and a half against, like, the Eagles are, like, it's, it's tough because when the NFC East teams play each other, you can't use the argument that they're worse than they appear because they're all worse than they appear. But I think maybe the Giants fall less so into that category. And they do have, like, spiky high upside in any given week, just like you described with Jan- Daniel Jones' five touchdown games and his rushing ability, like, understated just how how dynamic he's been as a rusher, and that's one thing I do think that matters in terms of rushing. So I'll take the Giants here with you. I don't know if it'll be in my five, but I would just I'd love more than anything to see both the Cowboys and the Eagles lose on their final both must win games.
1: It would be very fitting. All right. Next game up, Pittsburgh Steelers favored by two points at the Baltimore Ravens. Thirty seven and a half is the total. Uh the number is obviously sitting at you know Pittsburgh minus 2 because Baltimore is going to sit Lamar Jackson, they're going to sit Mark Ingram like they will be without virtually every starter I would imagine. Um and Pittsburgh has a shot to make the playoffs if they win this game. So, uh all those factors result in Pittsburgh being favored here. I don't really like this line one way or the other. I think my my favorite bet is going to be on the the total of an under. Like I don't see the Ravens being very successful with Robert Griffin III at quarterback. There's been a lot of talk about how, you know, he's a great backup quarterback for the Ravens because he can do a lot of the same things that Lamar Jackson can do. And I just don't agree with that. Like, there is one Lamar Jackson, and he is the starting quarterback for the Ravens who will not be playing this week. Like, Robert Griffin III, he can run a little bit. He's not nearly as accurate as a passer. If Robert Griffin III could do what Lamar Jackson is doing. You know what he'd be doing? He'd be starting football games somewhere. So, I don't really buy that this transition from Jackson to Griffin is going to be smooth. And on the Pittsburgh side, we know that they stink on offense. It doesn't matter if it's if it's Duck, it doesn't matter if it's Rudolph, just they just they just can't move the ball. So, I I think the under here is my favorite bet. I don't really bet on totals. You know that uh most of my bets this year have been on sides but i'm considering putting the under 37 and a half in my five pack this week
2: yeah i think that's a sharp under and i do think like like yeah sure if there were if there were a quarterback Uh, backup quarterbacks only that would fit into the Ravens scheme. It would be RG3, but that doesn't make him like half the quarterback Lamar Jackson is. And I do think Pittsburgh matches up extremely well against Jackson because they do have like athletic linebackers and they have the second most sacks in the league. Uh, the only thing greater than Lamar Jackson's 9% touchdown rate, Robert Griffin III's 9.2% career sack rate. Like he takes sacks at a crazy high rate. He's not nearly as, uh, like interceptionless as uh, Jackson's been this year, like it sets up well for Pittsburgh to, like I think they should have their way with Griffin because despite the fact that it does make sense that he's their backup, it doesn't mean he'll do anything close to any anything Lamar Jackson's done. I like Pittsburgh minus two and yeah the total. I think like Pittsburgh if they win this game, it's going to be by shutting down Griffin and like praying that they put up thirteen points because the way Devlin Hodges has played as Mason Rudolph on IR now, the way Devlin Hodges is played is like uh, they are going to get. Poor Pittsburgh fans are going to, if they sneak in the playoffs, would just get slaughtered by whoever like the 2 seed or 3 seed is. So, yeah, I like Pittsburgh in this game. I think I like the under more as well, though. All
1: right. Uh, one game here with no line that we'll mention real quick. Cardinals at Rams. Uh, both teams eliminated from the playoffs. The reason there's no line is the status of Kyler Murray is currently, uh, you know, unknown. I will say that this is a big game for Arizona Cardinals futures betters like myself. Their win total for the season was five and they have five wins currently. I believe that I said that if Arizona did not hit the, or if they did, if they lost their season long win total, I would be living in a cardboard box outside of my house instead of inside of my house. That's how much money I have invested in them at the moment. So it's nice that at least I will be getting a push at a minimum, but boy, it sure would be nice to get a win. So, uh, that's really the only thing I'm, I'm eyeing here. I could see that the Rams, you know, now that they are officially out of playoff contention, you know, Jared Goff said last week that he was devastated that, that this team is not going to the playoffs. Like it could definitely be a week where they don't give their best effort. Uh, so I'll be interested in potentially backing the Cardinals if they're a big underdog, but obviously we're going to have to wait for a line to have any real thoughts on this game.
2: Yeah, on this game, I would just say watch out for possibly the Rams also not playing their starters. I think that they are uh, more likely to like manage their their injuries and just their starters in general than a lot of other teams are. Uh, they've got a handful of players popping up on the injury report in the middle of the week, uh, like backup running back Daryl Henderson. They already have Jalen Ramsey not playing. Uh, so, yeah, I think they. I would be taking the Cardinals. I, I don't want to say whatever the line is, but I do think the Cardinals are coming as underdogs, and I'll take them with that. Uh, but, you know, can't say much at this point.
1: All right, last game of the afternoon slate, Oakland Raiders at the Denver Broncos. Broncos are favored by three and a half points, and the total sits at 41. Um, you know, this is an interesting one because the Raiders are the team with something to play for, but they're actually underdogs in this contest. So uh, what are your thoughts here on this game?
2: Yeah, I probably maybe not because of motivation, but just because I think these two teams are, are close enough to equals. I would take Oakland, not like a, a super strong lead. I don't know, like Josh Jacobs' question: questionable to play at this point? Has like they say like he has like midweek surgery, and they're like, yeah, he thinks he's gonna play. It Seems absurd to me. In uh, like I guess it's not technically a, a loss season yet, but it's rather unlikely uh, they would need all of the they would need all the teams to get to eight, to eight and eight. They would need like Titans, Pittsburgh, and the Colts all to get to eight and eight and somehow they win that tiebreaker, I think. But uh yeah, I'll probably take take them here despite the fact that they're not they shouldn't end up being motivated. They could actually be uh like they could be not motivated by the time their game starts, I think. Um oh no, maybe not. So yeah, I don't know. I don't have a strong lead in this game. Both these teams are like mediocre teams. Uh, I, I'd rather take my edges with teams that I think I can get an edge on starters.
1: Yeah, it does look like there, uh, is some sharp money coming in on the Raiders. You know, this, this line opened up at four and a half and has dropped to three in a lot of places. So, uh, I don't really like fading the sharps unless I feel like I have a good reason to do it. And I don't really feel that way this week. So, uh, I'll take the Raiders getting three and a half points. Uh, and I do think if you like that number, try to lock it in as soon as possible because it does seem like this number is headed towards three. But this is this is not a conviction play for me at all. All right. Sunday night football. This is the big one. We've got San Francisco 49ers. They are favored by three points on the road against the Seattle Seahawks. Total is forty-seven. Uh if San Fran wins, they are locked in to the number one seed in the West. If they lose, that's when, you know, the the crazy stuff starts happening. Uh, if Seattle wins this game, depending on what happens in other games during the week, they could either be the one seed, the two seed or the three seed. So very much a lot at stake in this game. Uh, both of these teams are obviously in the playoffs, but the difference between the one seed and the five seed is pretty big. So uh, Kyle, do you see any betting value in this game?
2: Yeah, I don't know. I'd probably lean towards the Seahawks. I think San Francisco is a better team, but they're given the points even on the road. Uh, I also think the over is probably pretty smart, but like I get the last game went into uh, went into overtime, but it was uh, 51 points. And these teams are so close that I guess you can't also roll out overtime for this one. And I think both like the, the Seattle Seahawks defense isn't going to be stopping anyone, and I find it hard to believe anyone's going to stop Russell Wilson, even despite the fact that San Francisco does have a very stout defense. So I, I feel pretty solid about the over here. I think these are just two of the better offenses in football, and I guess I would just take Seattle because I think these teams are closer than a three-point spread on the road than San Francisco indicates case, and as does the last time they played. I believe the Seahawks won that one in overtime. They did. So I'll take the Seahawks here just because the last time they played, they won on the road. This time they get at home and they get the spread uh, three points. They're given three points. So yeah, I'll take the Seahawks here. Not awfully confident, although I do like the over in this game.
1: So you know that I have been sort of driving the San Francisco bandwagon all year, and you know that I have been anti-Seattle for most of the year. So it would only be natural that I would be taking San Francisco in this contest. Uh, But you would be wrong. I am taking Seattle and I actually really like Seattle this week. Um, San Francisco is not the same team that we have seen early in the week or, or early in the year. You know, they lost to Atlanta. They squeaked by the Los Angeles Rams. They just have not been the same team over the past couple of weeks. And because Seattle looked so bad last week against um, the Cardinals, we're getting some spread value here. This line opened up as a pick and now we're getting three, occasionally even three-and-a-half points in certain places with the home team. So I really like that. Um, Russell Wilson, as a home underdog, historically excellent. Russell Wilson coming off of a loss historically excellent. So two situations that I love. Uh, the public is all over Seattle or, uh, San Francisco, unsurprisingly, which is another thing pushing me into the factor of the home team. I think that Seattle wins this game here. And, uh, I think that they will be looking at a potential buy in the, in the playoffs. So, uh, I like Seattle to get the job done and. They will be in my five pack, one of my favorite picks of the week. All right. Let's get into the my five presented by my bookie. As Kyle mentioned at the top of the show, very good week for us. We went seven, two and one combined. Our only loss was with Carolina, which both of us were, were dumb enough to put in our pack. Uh, season record now for me is 42, 30 and three season record for kyle is 42 32 and one so same number of wins i just have two more pushes that he has as losses so i guess that makes you one game back in the overall standings here in the final week of the regular season with uh with five games ahead of us definitely still a wide open race so i'm going to have to uh to bring my best effort here in today Um, i'm i'm excited to do it i'm ready to uh to come into the playoffs strong, and I'm going to start by taking both of the underdogs in the NFC East. I'm taking the Washington Redskins plus ten and a half on the road against the Cowboys. I'm taking the Philadelphia Eagles plus four and a half. Or I'm sorry, the Giants plus four and a half against the Philadelphia Eagles. I'm taking Seattle plus three on Sunday night football. I'm taking the New Orleans Saints laying 13 points. And I am taking the under for the Baltimore Ravens and the um Pittsburgh Steelers at 37 and a half. So those are my final five picks of the regular season. Hopefully I can end it on a strong note.
2: And for me, I have a few of the same ones. I have Washington plus ten and a half. And then I also have Seattle plus three. Outside of that, I have a few that I like because of the the starting the starter situation. Chicago plus one and a half, I believe is the spread the Jets Plus one and a half, and then Cleveland minus two and a half. So those will be my five. Enough different from you that I feel like I can make up the edge, but I'm not going to fade. Like uh, the more we talked about it, I really like that Seattle one. The same with Washington. So I'm not getting off of those just because you have them. I think those are two of the better bets of the week.
1: Yeah. Let's keep, let's keep printing, Kyle. Uh, You know, overall, if you add our record together, I think that uh, that's got to make us one of the most profitable podcasts out there. I don't have any, any data to base that off, but. I think it'd be hard hard pressed to find two analysts both hitting games at you know a near sixty percent clip. So congratulations on a good regular season. Let's uh let's keep it going into week seventeen and then uh let's let's really start digging into the playoff stuff and keep it keep it going all through the month of January. For Kyle, who you can find on Twitter at Kyle Please here, I'm Matt Lamarca at Matt Lamarca. Thanks for tuning in.